So we're going to continue our, our sermon series here into Galatians, and um, we are going to finish up the first chapter, and again, I will remind you that this is, uh, this is a letter that is coming with, uh, um, it's coming with some heat on it. He is upset, and his uh, apostleship has been, um, his apostleship has been challenge. Look at my phone. Okay, so we're going to do it old school today, okay? So the slides aren't in there, so if you have your Bible or your phone with your Bible on it, go to Galatians 1, all right? We're going to start off in the 11th verse, and what uh, the thing the the thing that I was uh, was underlined here is that there is uh, there is some trouble going on here. Paul's apostleship has been called into question. His teachings are uh, um, they're being uh, re- rebuffed and rebutted, and there are some false teachers here. They're coming in with all different kind of motives. They're all personal. And uh, things are going astray, and we have uh, people who have been freed from the law and received grace and freedom from the law through the blood and uh, grace and salvation of Jesus Christ, and yet they're being pulled back. And that's an important thing to remember, okay, that they are being pulled back into the ways of the Jews and, and the traditions and the rites. And this is Paul, and just to give you a little background on Paul, Paul was a Pharisee. And Paul was not only just a Pharisee, set at the foot of Gamaliel, who was one of the great of all time Pharisees. And Paul was on his way to becoming probably, if not the greatest, one of the greatest Pharisees in, in his time and in his history. And uh, so we have, a, we have a, a guy who is steeped in tradition and uh, actually was a zealot and uh, chased down Christians and um, imprisoned them, um, killed them. Uh, his goal was to stomp out Christianity, all right? And as you know, on, um, on his um, travel, he was confronted face-to-face with the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and um, he was converted at the sight of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's all background here because as he's finishing up this part of the letter, um, he is attacking the, this uh, challenge to his apostleship, his challenge to his teaching head on, okay? And, and there's some really important stuff that we need to draw out here, okay? Stuff that is applicable today and stuff that's going on here today, all right? So the first, we'll start at 11. It says, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so just so we're clear, just so we understand what's being said here, is that uh, they are attacking his teaching, but they're attacking it through Paul. All right, and what Paul is doing is setting them straight. He's setting them straight on how, what this attack and, and who is being attacked here. Because what they're saying is what Paul is preaching and what Paul is teaching here, you know, that's one way to go about it. Um, 
you know, he, he wasn't a real apostle. And, you know, at one time he was, you know, trying to stomp out Christianity. So, you know, Paul's got some problems here personally. And uh, we're coming through with a different point of view. And Paul is challenging this teaching, okay? And it's important to remember that today. Because there's been a lot of different options offered and a lot of different sets of wisdom and a lot of teaching that is out there. And it is, uh, it is sold as just another way and, and another viewpoint and another perspective. And the thing that Paul is doing is he is confronting it and he is saying, you know, like, hey, you're attacking me. And your, uh, your way to dismantle my teachings is by attacking me personally. And what Paul is saying here is that my teachings can't be attacked through me because it didn't come from me. And you can't stomp out the truth by coming after me because this is not according to me. What I am preaching and what I have received did not come from me. It did not come from man, but it is the truth that comes through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And here is the application that we need to hear today. All right, is that if we buy into another set of teachings, if we buy into unbiblical doctrine and unbiblical wisdom, okay, we might do it based on the pe person who is selling it or preaching it or teaching it, or we might not understand or take teaching because of who is delivering it. But let me just lay it out here is that the truth comes from Jesus Christ, all right? And you can't change the truth, all right? You can attack it, you can justify your actions, but you can't change the truth. You can't change the teachings of Jesus Christ. And you may attack the person who's delivering it. You can, you know, go after, uh, you know, the leaders of certain whatevers, groups and stuff, however we divide ourselves up in this day and age. But here is the bottom line, is that the truth will always be the truth. And the truth is from Jesus Christ. So when we preach love, we preach love because the Bible teaches us that God is love. And the Bible says that if your life does not reflect love, and it does not reflect the kind of love that is found in the life of Jesus Christ and the teachings of Jesus Christ, then you need to question things going on in your life because you're not reflecting true Christianity. All right? And then if you're not willing to forgive those who are your enemies who want to do harm to you, then there is this, uh, this idea or this uh, teaching that Maybe you need to reflect on, hey, I have willingly accepted the greatest act of forgiveness and the greatest thing of forgiveness ever from Jesus Christ. So maybe I should have a spirit and maybe I should adopt and nurture a spirit of forgiveness because that is the spirit of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about these things in the Bible, all right, the Bible explicitly will tell you that what the Bible teaches will never be the most popular thing out there. It can't be. Because the world can't accept a truth that it does not believe in. 
So what we teach here is the truth and what the world will rebel against it and they will push away on it and they will react to it differently. And this is what Paul is teaching here is that no matter what, how you attack what's going on or whatever teachings you accept, you have to accept the truth because the truth is from Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter the vehicle you get it or how you get it or who's preaching it. The truth is Jesus Christ. All right. And when you attack people, um, you're not attacking them because the, nobody got the truth from man or they got it from Jesus Christ. OK, so he's preaching here about a revelation of Jesus Christ. And now let's move on here to 13. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. This is Paul confessing. He's just getting it out there, okay? Because this is what's being said about him. And they all knew his background, and now that's being brought up against him. And uh, it says, And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. And here is kind of something that, uh, that is almost have some humor to it, is that these teachers are coming in, and uh, they are undercutting. Now listen to this, okay? Because this is how this is how human human nature works, right? So we have this we have this truth that has been laid out by Paul, and this church has been built on the teachings of Paul, the true teachings of Christianity. All right. And then we have these people coming in, and they're undercutting Paul's teaching with teaching of the law. Now, do you see the humor in that? Because Paul was one of the most learned men on the planet at that time in the law. And what he's basically saying here is you have people attacking me and using a weapon against me and against the truth when I know 10 times more than they know about the weapon they're trying to use. All right. But here is the sad truth about it. Okay, here's a sad truth. People were falling for it. People were believing it. And here is maybe something that is used in this life and maybe um, really prevalently in the times that we live in now, the main point of their argument is they're using Paul's history, his former life, against him. So actually they're undercutting their own argument, like, well, he was a Jude, you know, he was a Jude that wanted to stomp us out, and now he's a Christian, and, you know, he's wanting to preach all this, and we're wanting to drag you back into Judaism, and they're going after, you know, going after the guy who knows more about any of the traditions and the rites than they ever could. And here is the bottom line. Sometimes we fall for it because of the hatred and the anger that is used in the argument. We fall for it because of the way that they go after people. And here is the other thing, is that everybody's past is going to be used against them at some point in their life. Okay? And it doesn't matter how many steps forward you take. It doesn't matter what all you do in your life, how Christ comes and lives through you and the changes you make and the evidence of the changes you make. Someone is always going to bring up the past. And I tell you this because we have to react 
the same way that Paul did. And that is to continue to stand on the truth and keep preaching Christ crucified. Christ is love. We need a world of service. We need a world of self-sacrificing. You want to attack some of the biggest problems that are going on in this world today? And I tell you why they're some of the biggest problems in the world. You know, you know where they start from? It's from an underlying crack in the foundation of what Christianity is and how we believe it, okay? And it is what Jesus Christ said. The gospel, the, all, all the teachings of the prophet hang on these two commandments. What were they? Love God with all your heart and your soul. Okay? And then if you do that, then um, you know, you'll give him all the glory. God is love. So you got to show love. You got to accept love. You got to live a life of love. God is life. So you got to seek out life and preserve life and fight for life and make, help people make the best of life. All right? And then also love your neighbor as your brother or as yourself. And what that teaches us is that we are to have a life of application. We are to take what we, are, what we believe and we receive from the Holy Spirit, and that is to be evidence in our actions, evidence in our lives. All right? And in some of these humongous topics that we have or these problems that we have that have plagued our society for decades, it's because the people have stopped loving their brother as themselves and they no longer are self-sacrificing. So we don't serve us anymore and we have no self-sacrificing. The world has become selfish, self-centered, and let me get and take what I can at whatever expense. That just happens, okay? That's just shrapnel and that's just you know, collateral damage. And that's the world that we're living in now. And when we look at some of these problems, you think, well, how did we get to this problem? And how do we face this problem head on? And I'm here to tell you, it's the same thing like Paul is saying. He says, go back to the original message that you received. And that is that Jesus Christ died for all of us. We receive his atonement, his sacrifice, his salvation. And we are to live it and celebrate it each and every day with our actions towards our brothers as we love in ourselves. Amen? And if we can do that, then we start to knock out some of these bigger problems. All right, let's keep rolling here. But when, I, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. All right, so this is him giving his uh, journey after he was uh, converted at the sight of Jesus Christ. It talks about his training and where he went and, and how he studied and how he um, received, you know, the understanding and the discernment from the Holy Spirit. All right, but there's one more point that he's making here in what he's talking about. And that is that he is talking to his brethren, his brothers and sisters in Christ. And let me say this, and, and I, I won't expound upon this too much, okay, because I don't think I have to. But the Bible says that, you know, hell cannot come against 
the, the gates of the church in, in heaven, okay? And we've talked about how, you know, the devil's power is not equivalent to God's power. The devil is a created being. And we talked about how we have received a power that we can use in this day and in the age to come. That's what was talked about at the very beginning of this letter. All right, so I'm going to pause for a dramatic effect here and get it. Here's a big point he's making. You know how the church hurts itself? You know how the church gets hurt? You know how the church receives damage? You know how churches fall apart? From the inside. You know the story about the Trojan horse? The 10-year Trojan War? Greeks got on their ships? Supposedly went home, had that huge horse as a peace offering or whatever, whoever historian you read, whatever they say. They couldn't hit the walls of Troy, couldn't penetrate them. So they filled a horse with men and left it out front, and the Trojans brought it inside. And the doors got open from the inside. And they let the enemy in. Paul's being attacked here by his brethren, by people that he was teaching, that people that supposedly loved him. And the reaction in the way that the church has gone after some of the issues. There's no wonder that attendances are going down. There's no wonder that the next generation is not into church. We have not, and I'll lump myself in there, we have not done our job at, 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 at some times. In the way that the church has reacted, in the way that church members react, and the way that sometimes we condemn and sometimes we, you know, push away, there's no, there's no wonder that people don't, don't come to church. And it's not that the devil is destroying us. It's not that, you know, we are getting, you know, hit from the outside. The way the church dies is from the inside. Is that point clear enough? I need to expound on it anymore. Paul preaches in several of his letters of one, and he hit it in the first chapter here at the beginning of this, is that one of our greatest responsibilities and mandate is to love our brothers and sisters in Christ and to lift them up and to come together as a family. That doesn't mean that we look past each other's problems and we don't and we have big elephants in the room. It's not at all what I'm saying. Don't mishear me. Don't put words in my mouth, okay? You have to address issues, you have to address problems, you have to make sure everything's healthy. Get it, okay? But at the end of the day, we have to be people who love each other. We have to be people who show love and grace. 
And that should be reflected in our homes. That should be reflected in our employment, the way that we treat people outside. That should be reflected in our friendships. And we, as people who do that, that's how you impact the world. That's the revolution that Jesus Christ started at Calvary. That's a revolution of love. That's a revolution of grace and mercy and forgiveness. And we are sometimes, if not all the time, the root of our own problems. I think I said that word right. Okay. And then it says, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remain with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother, now concerning these things which I write to you indeed before God, I do not lie. And this is his statement, okay, is that I'm not a one-man show. I went in and, and made sure that the gospel that I'm preaching is solid and true. And he's talking about his, uh, his teachings here on how he learned and, and how he received the gospel. And then it says, after that, I went to the regions of Syria and, and Cilicia, and I was unknown by the face of the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only. He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God in me. And here's the final statement that he's saying, okay? And the final statement that he is saying is that sometimes our past when it gets used against us, can actually be the thing that makes people see God in us. And so many times you have people who made a mistake years ago or, or made a bad decision or, you know, somebody's sins are a little bit more public than others. We have addiction, you know, we have um, people that make bad decisions in public or, you know, with employment, handling money or whatever, okay? Sometimes that all comes out in our sins. My grandma used to tell us, may your sins find you out. I've never heard a worse statement all my life, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but uh, sometimes our sins find us out, and uh, we recover from it, and we move into a new place. And like I said earlier, somebody's always going to use your past against you. But here's Paul, who is not only claiming his now, his present, but he's accepting his past, and through that, people were glorified by it. So here's the thing that maybe you need to have a conversation with yourself is, how can I use the story of me, and how can that reflect Jesus Christ? How can that glorify Jesus Christ? And sometimes it's by taking people you know, who had, has made a mistake or had made a mistake, and putting them into a new place, and people look at them and say, well, you know what, I made the same mistake. Maybe I can get past it. Maybe I can move on. Maybe I can get to that new level. And you know what? You may be setting on a personal ministry that you have no idea you're, that you have received yet. And you could be a change maker. Because you know what? There are things that I just can't, I can talk to you about it. We can talk about it theoretically. But I can't tell you about that thing from a personal point of view. And the, but there are some of you that can. And you can develop a friendship, a mentorship, a prayer partner, and we can change the world.
Thank you for tuning in to Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road, 142 North, El Dorado, Illinois, 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church. Thank you.